Hey everyone, David Nagel here. I'd like to welcome you to the Successful Mind Podcast. On today's show, I'm diving into my vast catalog of archived materials to share with you what I'm calling Lessons from the Vault. Periodically, I'm going to be sharing with you lessons from classes that I've taught in the past. Since most of these were done over the phone, you may notice a difference in audio quality. I'm hoping that doesn't diminish your listening experience because the content is something that I'm very proud of. All right, let's open the vault. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. You know, I um, I was thinking back based on a, a, some questions that we've received about. Uh, the idea of confidence or self-confidence in particular um, and how does a person really develop that within themselves in order to be able to, uh, you know, pull off the goals that they want to achieve, live the dream, um, be on purpose in their life, break through different barriers and obstacles that are presented to them uh, along the way. And as I got thinking about it, I immediately went back because I had asked you, Steph, you know, what are some of the questions you're hearing? And you told me about some of these. Um, I went back to a a time when I had first started in my business. And I was working for, I was doing a lot of work, not just working for, I was doing my own thing, but I was also working for my mentor uh, at the time, and I was doing doing sales training for for his company, and I noticed really quick um, after a couple of these trainings that that the the big problem that was plaguing uh, the people that I was training was that they had no confidence, and they really had none. And I remember thinking at the time, okay, well all we have to do is teach him confidence. And I went to my mentor and I talked to him about that. And he, he looked at me and he said, you, you can't teach a person confidence. And I really quick, I disagreed. I, you know, I figured, you know, if you can get the idea, you know, you can, you can do anything. And, um, I was just a little bit too gung ho at the time, I think. Uh, and he said to me, you can't teach a person confidence. And I really didn't understand what he meant by that. And later on, I was to find out that, Really, what it is is that you lead a person to confidence. Now, I want you to think about this. Every person that is on this call right now, you have the ability to do virtually anything that you can wrap your mind around. That we're pretty darn certain of. But in order to do it, you have to be in control of you. Now, if you're not in control of you, then somebody else is, either from your past or in your current life. Meaning that the beliefs and the values and the the amount of confidence or the lack of confidence that we've developed in our lifetime 
is very often being controlled by somebody that was of great importance in our past, mom, dad, a clergy, a teacher, an aunt, an uncle, grandparents, somebody, or somebody in our current lifetime, in our current, our current state. And if those things are controlling us, we can never lead ourselves to a place of 100% self-confidence. Now, I get this question frequently. How is it that you develop confidence in yourself to be able to do something? And I can only tell you the way that I've done it for myself in the way that I've watched other people do it for themselves and kind of the process that, that actually unfolded. But before I explain that to you, let's, let me explain how confidence is uh, developed in a child that doesn't have a self-confidence issue when they, when they're grown, because this will shed some light on why you need to do the things now that you need to do if you're lacking in self-confidence. We have to understand first that a child is born very confident um, in their inquisitiveness about the world that they're born into. They have nothing that stops them from exploring the world that they're born into. Now, well, here's what's important about this. If you look at all the different little animals and creatures in God's great world, you'll find that Every one of them is 100% at home into the world that they're born in, um, except for human beings. We're completely disorientated in the world that we're born into, and that's because we have the creative ability to create our own environment. But when a child is small, a child does not have this instinct in them that runs through the rest of nature that basically says, do this, don't do that, you know, that type of thing. That's why a kid will put their hand on a hot stove. They don't know any better. They'll step off the curb in front of a car. Uh, they will just walk into water that's over their head. Um, all kinds of dangerous situations a child can get themselves into. And for those of you that are parents, you know that when you first start having babies, one of the first thing you do is start baby-proofing the house. You know, um, when we find out really quick that what we've really done is adult-proof the house, the babies can figure out how to get through all that shit, but the adults can't figure out how to get through it once we put it up. So it's, it's actually pretty interesting that there's nothing really there to stop the child. So the child goes through a set of processes. One is that the child is told, no, don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. Don't talk to that person. You need to stay safe. Don't mix with strangers. Don't, you know this type of thing, in order to keep the child safe. Now, this is kind of like a, a weights and or a balances and measures type scenario. What is the child hearing more of as they're going through those formative years um, before they get into adulthood? Were you taught confidence or were you taught fear? Were you taught what to do or were you taught what not to do? Now, I can tell you that when I was growing up, 99% of what I was taught was what not to do, not what to do. So when you're taught what not to do, all you do is develop fears, anxieties, worries, concerns, and all the reasons why you cannot do something uh, are programmed into your little mind. 
So when you start to become an adult and you begin to observe the world that you are now stepping into, uh, everything has to be approached with, uh, you know, a, a tale of caution, so to speak, instead of an attitude of courage and confidence and, you know, I will do, I will create, I will be, I will overcome, you know, I will make my mark in, in my world. But in order for us to change that, we really have to go back and understand what was it that we were taught most of. Were we taught confidence about what we could do, or were we taught more about what we couldn't do? What was the approach of the people that raised you primarily? And what was the message that was inundating your little mind as a child to go out into this world and to either succeed or to be safe? Because we're programmed with one or the other, not both. <laughs> it's, it's almost comical in a way how many times I've heard people say to me, why is it that there are certain people that don't have this issue in their life? In other words, they grow up and they just seem to step right into success. They, they seem to be relatively mature. Uh, they don't have, you know, all these problems that we see a lot of people uh, trying to overcome in their life. And, and when you think about it, it does, it causes a bit of a paradox in the mind, right? Because we start to look at, you know, how were these kids raised? Who, who raised them? Uh, you know, where were they raised? What was the economic situation that they were raised in? And the paradox comes is that there doesn't seem to be any correlation between one and the other. We see people that come from you know, some of the worst ghettos in the world, and they grow up to be some of the most mature, educated, responsible, successful uh, people that are out there. We see people that are born into extremely wealthy families, and, and they do the same thing. We've seen middle class, lower middle class, working class, uh, different countries, you know, you know different languages, uh, different ethnic viewpoints, different religions. So it's, it, it you know, all these different ideas, and yet, there's still a certain amount of people that have the same outcome for the outcome in life. They're confident, they're courageous, they're bold, um, and they know what it is that they're, that they're here to do. And then we see people that live right next door to them, and they're a damn mess, and we can't figure out why the hell this actually is. Well, when you break it right down to it, it's pretty simple. One person was taught what they could do. One person was taught what they couldn't do. And... That is the most intimate environment of the child. So you've got the external environment, which is, you know, was the child raised in a ghetto? Were they raised in Section 8 housing? Were there drugs? You know, all that kind of stuff going on. But were mom and dad or was there somebody who was prominent in their life constantly encouraging them and feeding their mind with what it was that they could do? Because that's what would make all the difference. So now you have an adult, like I'll just use myself as an example, who grows up hearing most of what they cannot do, but is inquisitive enough not to ever let go of the idea that I would like to do something other than what I hear everybody talking about that we can't do. And I think that, um, you know, most kids look back uh, at their parents who got divorced um, and maybe bounced around the country uh, a little bit like, like I did, uh, and they kind of regret that, and they look back at it with, you know, um, this wasn't a good thing, and it was, you know, this was terrible. In my case, I actually think that it was a bit of a benefit, because 
uh, my parents getting divorced at a young age allowed me to have a variety of experience, which broke up the message a little bit, uh, meaning not so much that it, 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 that it squashed the message that I was getting at home, but it allowed other messages to be able to come in that I could hear. So I didn't get so solid in what I thought that I couldn't do. There was always enough wonder about what I really wanted to do to, tr to really kind of keep that spark alive. And I would think that everybody that's on this call is in the same place. It really doesn't matter how we got there. Uh, you wouldn't be listening to me right now if you didn't have that little spark of, you know, what you think you could do in, you know, in there at some degree or some level of development. The question is, how do we develop it into an unshakable confidence that we can take out and really get things moving and, and make things happen? The first thing is, is that you have to recognize if you have this statement running around in your mind. And the statement is simply this. I would like to do that, but I can't because, or some variation of it. I'll say it again. I would like to do that, but I can't because. Now, anything that comes after because um, is, is being caused by two things. Number one, the circumstances and environment that you're experiencing. Number two, the story that you have about those circumstances and environment. The thing is, is that as long as we come from, I would like to do that, but I can't because, we really reinforce the message uh, of all the fear that we were taught as a child. And that fear is what broke down our natural confidence that we were actually born with. So either that confidence was built up or it was torn down. For so many people around the world, it's actually torn down. Now we've got to rebuild it back up. So if we're going to rebuild it back up, we have to recognize how is it, how is it expressing itself with and through our own physical being on a daily basis. And the first thing, the first way to understand that is that there's some variation of this statement, I would like to do that, but I can't because there's a clear indication that there is a lack of self-confidence, which also diminishes the amount of faith and courage that we have. So how do we rebuild it? Well, let's take a look at what confidence actually is. If you go to Webster's, the, the dictionary, it says a feeling or belief that you can do something well or succeed at something. A feeling or belief that someone or something is good or has the ability to succeed at something. A feeling of being certain that something will happen that is, that's something, and, and that something is actually true. <clears throat> now, if we're going to develop self-confidence at this point, the only person that can draw it out of us is us. And there's an actual process for this to happen. The first part of this process is simply this. You have to choose to believe in a truth that is higher and more powerful than your lack of self-confidence and whatever it is that that story tells you. So if, if it's representing itself as I would like to do this, but I can't because, then you're telling me or you're telling yourself what it is that you believe about your situation, your circumstances, and your environment. 
That's the story, that's the belief that is running around in your subconscious mind. We don't have to dig it out. We don't need to go to a psychiatrist. It's there. Whatever the story is, whatever follows in that statement, whatever follows because, tells you exactly why you believe that you can't do it. Now, the thing is, is that in your belief system, that is also your reality. It is your perception of what it is that you're experiencing. And, you know, um, what it is that you're perceiving is very real to the perceiver. So we have to choose something. We have to say, I'm going to choose a higher thought, a thought that is based in universal truth above what it is that I'm thinking about what I can't do. This is the first step in developing any kind of confidence because it starts in what it is that we're thinking. It really starts in what it is that we're thinking. Once you develop that idea that I'm going to develop a higher thought, that instead of saying, I can't do this because, we then flip it over to, I can do this because. So we go from I can't to I can, then all we have to do is find the reason uh, to put in after because. So we're going to create a new story. Now, that new story is developed right out of the universal laws. The best one that you can employ on a regular basis is the law of polarity. I can do this because if I have the idea, there must be a way to do it, or otherwise I couldn't have the idea. That is an absolute truth. That is a universal truth. You could not have an idea if it wasn't possible. Now, we get sometimes we get confused by that because all of the ways that we think something should be done are also based in our old story, and we, we, we make the, the grand error of then bringing those ideas into our new belief system, and, of course, we create a big mess for ourselves, and it doesn't work. But then it leaves us wondering why. So we also have to understand that there's probably other beliefs and ideas that we have that go along with our erroneous idea uh, that, that verify to us that something can't happen. So this means that once you change the initial belief, I can do this because I couldn't think it if I couldn't do it, or I couldn't have the idea if it wasn't possible, that's a universal truth, then we also have to look for the cause and effect of a thing to happen. So then we, this is what this means. And it's actually pretty simple. It's a little harder to employ because it does take some effort. There's no question about it. What is the cause and the effect of the result that I want? Things don't happen by magic or luck or by wishing or wanting. They happen. Every effect that you want in your life has an exact cause to that effect. So your only job is to figure out what the exact cause is. And in today's time, it's not that difficult to do. There's always somebody you can ask or information that you can get on the Internet. Um, you know, there's, there's books. In, information is something that we have in, in, in great abundance. Once we have the exact cause, we will then know the actions that we need to take to create the effect. If we will start taking those actions in a bold way, in a bold way, and, and here's the reason that I use the word bold. I believe everybody acts boldly in something. You can have a bold negative person or a bold positive person. You could have a bold introverted person or a bold extroverted person, right? Whatever we do in, 
when we really focus in a direction and we actually do it, even if we're procrastinating, you could boldly procrastinate, believe it or not, right? We have the ability to act boldly. That we do have because it's the only way any kind of action actually takes place. Remember, don't get it confused with a good action or a bad action, a positive action or a negative action. Bold in and of itself is like an engine in a direction. It's all it is. It doesn't matter what it's pushing. It's just the engine that's pushing it. So we can begin to take a bold action based on the cause and effect of an idea that we have figured out, and we can allow that to then manifest or materialize in our life as we see it in our mind. Now, through the repetition of doing that, we then re-engage the confidence in ourselves because the confidence, like he said here uh, in, the, in, in, the, in the dictionary, is a feeling or belief. So what we're looking for is the belief to create a new feeling. Well, we're not going to get a new belief if we, don't get any, if we don't take a new action and see a new result. Now, yes, this was supposed to happen with your parents when you were children, but that's not the situation right now. So you're the only one that can do it. What are the detriments to this? The detriments to this is that it's hard work. There's no question about it. It takes discipline. It takes um, commitment. And it takes an, a consistent action that you have to do it. You have to want to make a change. And until you want to make a change, nothing is going to happen. Uh, there'll be all kinds of people out there that will tell you that you can do this easier with all different kinds of techniques or, you know, whatever. I mean, the techniques that people used to say could make it easier 20 years ago when I first started are a little bit different than the ones today. But I can tell you this, that without employing the three areas that create a belief, this is not going to change. The first area is what you think. The second area is what you're going to do. And the third area is how you're going to feel about what it is that you're doing. That means that you are going to engage your ability to choose to do something different. And if you've heard me talk about choice before, you've heard me say it is the most undervalued, least looked at, but most powerful ability that we have. And that is the ability to choose. But it only gets stronger if we use it. If we don't use it, it gets weaker. So if your ability to choose is weak, if your ability to be in control of you is weak, the only way to build it up is to actually use it step by step, day by day, and you'll, you'll, you'll get there. When I first started, when I first started reading books, um, you know, most of the stuff that in the books that I was reading, I didn't even understand. And I remember very specific times where I was like reading Think and Grow Rich or uh, like Catherine Ponder's Dynamic Laws of Success or, you know, uh, uh, The Science of Getting Rich or As a Man Thinketh. And I would think to myself, am I ever going to get there? Am I ever actually going to make it to where it is that I wanted to go? It seemed like it was such a long journey between cracking open those books and really learning uh, what was in them and actually making something happen. And at the time, nobody was telling me at the time that action was the part that actually speeded up the entire process. But I didn't even, if, even if they had, I really didn't necessarily know what actions I was going to have to take. 
But it's definitely what does it. I mean, when you take actions and you start to get a new result, you start to build your confidence. When you build your confidence and you change what you're believing in, you increase your faith in the direction that you want to go. Um, we've got a great program, God Works Through Faith, that will help anybody increase their faith on a daily basis. But faith without action is just, it's folly. It really is. It, it, there's just nothing there. So it's absolutely um, very, very important that if you're going to increase your confidence, that it, it just follows that very simple procedure. You just It's not that difficult to follow it. It's only a few steps. The key is that you have to do it. You absolutely have to do it. And you want to, you want to ask yourself every day, am I in control of me? Because if you're not in control of you, who is? Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.